Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. You see, John the Baptist spoke the word. Herod listened to it. He liked it, but nothing changed in his life. And some of you are exactly like that today. You come, you hear the word of God, but you live like you always wanted to live. And the danger of that is you're compromising. And a compromised conscience that runs its course always ends in a hardened conscience. If you take the time to look around you, you see so many people following after the lusts of their flesh. They're not being ruled by the king of all kings. They're not interested in living according to his word, his righteous standard. But listen, Christian, we can be guilty of the same. When we ignore or reject the scriptures, when we deem parts of his truth irrelevant, then we're not following after his wisdom. We're relying on our own understanding. Remember what the book of Proverbs tells us? It's a warning that we should all heed. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verse 18, for the conclusion of our message entitled, Sleepless. John the Baptist was coming, and he was kind of a guy that was going to say to the nation of Israel, Get right! He did it like that, by the way. And they didn't like that. Because he was going to be the conscience for a nation that had lost a conscience. So his conscience was clear and good. Why? Because at a young age, his parents helped him. And when he went off in the wilderness, you remember the guy? He was in the wilderness before he came announcing all this. He was the guy with leather. He was the guy that loved honey. And he dipped them locusts into him, you know, and had all those things all over his beard. That was the guy who said, get right! People looked at him like, who is this guy? But see, he was right because the quiet time that he spent in the wilderness with God made his conscience crystal squeaky clean. And he was able to say, get right. John the Baptist was an example of someone with a good and clean conscience. Now, let me say this word and then quickly we go on. He was a straight shooter. He said it like he saw it. Now, some people don't like that. Actually, I don't like that if I'm guilty. I like somebody that misses the mark, kind of goes around me, you know, whatever. John the Baptist, bullseye. So the nation really didn't care for him. Many people did because they realized they were guilty. And had a great following. People were baptized. They repented of their sins. But many others didn't enjoy that. Now, how did John the Baptist get involved with King Herod? Well, let's read on. Verse 17. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested. And he had him bound and put into prison. Now, he did this because Herodias, of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married... For John had been saying, here's John in his straight shooter, had been saying to Herod, 
it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Probably said it like that. Now, what does this mean? We have King Herod, King Philip, Herodias, divorce, remarriage. It's a soap opera. King Herod, he's the one that killed John the Baptist. Initially, he had married a woman who was a daughter of an Arabian king. It was kind of a political thing next to Israel. On a trip to Rome to visit his half-brother Philip, he was going to visit him, trouble began to brew. He was off into Rome, King Herod was, and when he was there, and he was with his half-brother and his half-brother's wife, Herodias, uh, the lust bell came on. He kind of, you know, sat across the table from his half-brother's wife and went, this Herodias lady is all right. And his conscience was kind of turned off, and he became enamored with her, and through all the circumstances, he said to her, I'd like to marry you and take you away from my brother. And she also fell to the lust trap, and she said, I'll do it if you'll divorce your first wife. King Herod went back, divorced his first wife. Herodias divorced King Herod's half-brother, Philip, and they moved back to Israel. Now, before they did this, there was a daughter born between Philip and Herodias. Her name was Salome, and we'll see that she comes back with him. Now, did you get it all straight? Pretty good, eh? All right, good. Now, when John the Baptist saw this chapter on As the World Turns, he said, this is no good. This isn't right. And he came to King Herod, and he said to King Herod, I'm denouncing what you've done. You're a Jew. You don't follow the pattern. You don't follow the Bible, but it's, you're wrong. And what you did is wrong, according to Leviticus. Actually, what he did was adultery and kind of an incest, because not only was Herodias his half-brother's wife, but she was also his niece, half-niece. I didn't even go into that one because that's too involved. I had to put it up like on a screen up here. So we have, as the stomach turns in those days, just as we do today. And John the Baptist, being a straight shooter, said, hey, stop it. Now, does that sound anything like today in our politics? Now, I'm not judging anybody this morning because I can't. I don't know. God will judge all of those situations just like you and I. But a very interesting article from the French. When the French saw all this stuff and the possible political sin and sex scandal, here's what they said. Basically, they said this. We expect our presidents in France, the government rulers, to have mistresses. In fact, it's not negative. It's positive. If you don't have one, you're looked upon as kind of a weird ruler. What kind of man are you? And they go on to say this, our leaders in France have never been a monument to virtue. That's a real great thing to say, isn't it? This is their country. Then they go on and they say this, to the French, most men, especially if you're a successful man, are expected to have mistresses. And Americans who are at shock at this, they call us nothing but hypocritical Puritans. You see, the world hasn't changed at all. It's exactly the same. Uh, John the Baptist wasn't going to try to get into this political stuff. He wasn't interested with a banner. What he was trying to say was this. Herod, God does care for the nation of Israel. He would like godly leaders. And more than that, 
God is not pleased with you as an individual. You're not going to stand before God as the boss of some corporation or the president of the United States or some president of France. You're going to stand before God as a person. So be careful that you're not out there with a placard trying to separate everything. And, you know, if you're going to try to get this world correct, you'll go crazy because you'll never get this world correct. Only God will. And the only way he's going to do that is when he comes back and cleans it all up and starts over again. Now, is there a time for us to be like John the Baptist? Yes. I believe there's a time. I believe it's very rare for you and I to be persons that are going to be like that as John the Baptist did because he was getting ready for a ministry of Jesus coming. But I'll tell you where we are like John the Baptist. And people can come and you say, well, you know, what you just taught this morning bothered my conscience. Good. It should. That's what the Word of God's given for. It's not only given for good things to encourage us, but it's given to what? Rebuke us and correct us. And that comes from God's Word. So if, as I teach, and what I love is I teach the Word of God, and here's the way some of us have to make sure that we're not being tricked by the enemy. Some of you would go today because you have that negative kind of personality and you're going to go tell it like it is to your boss and you're going to just line up the people. You better look for a job before you do all of this. Now, God might call you to do that specifically, but he'll call you to do it with love. And you better make sure it's God calling you, not your personality. Okay? Because the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts. Not me, not my words. It's the Holy Spirit. That's his role. So... There is a time, and the scripture says in Timothy, there's a time coming when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they'll gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. You see, there's time coming when people won't sit in church and listen to the word of God. And as the word of God is diluted. They'll say, you're telling me that it's wrong to sleep together, to have adultery? You're telling me that in this day and age, in our enlightenment? Yes, I am. Just like any other sin. It's wrong. And so we must proclaim it. Now, in case, and I believe this is very true, here's a danger to proclaiming the truth of God's word. Some of you were raised in a church where basically everything was wrong. And nothing was right. And the danger of you is that when you hear anybody preach, you go, I'm wrong, I'm guilty, I'm no good, I can't do anything. And the phone, as I said, is always ringing. You need to put that aside. There's only so many things that God will speak to us. And if you're like one of those persons with a super weak conscience, your life will be miserable. You'll never understand the joy of the Lord. I'm not downing those people. They can have their church. I wouldn't go there. I couldn't go there. I'm going to go a place where the word is taught, hopefully in balance, and I'm going to be free to serve Jesus Christ. It doesn't really matter what I wear, as long as it's chaste. Then I can wear whatever I want to wear. You see, Christianity has nothing to do with any of that stuff. So be careful where you're at. A lot of you have come from that, and you have this super conscience, super sensitive conscience, and it's not any kind of a guide at all. You're guilty all the time. Probably the first time you saw somebody with shorts here, you thought you were in hell or whatever. It's over with. Or, no, you're just in hot Florida. Just relax. All right. King Herod, let's look at verse 19. We're going to see a compromising conscience. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man, when Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. What do we have? Well, because of John's rebuke, John the Baptist is just telling it like it is, Herodias, being sensitive said, what do you mean you're telling me that I shouldn't have married King Herod? 
I'm going to kill you. I'm going to shut you up. We're the king. You're a prophet in leather. How dare you tell us how to live? We're our own conscience. Now here's a husband. He's in a tight spot. He likes John the Baptist. Even though he didn't like what he said, he likes John. There's something about John the Baptist that he likes. You know what it is? It was the truth. You see, inside of all of us, even though we don't like the message, the truth hits home because that's what God built within us. You see, a sinner knows they're separated from God. They don't necessarily want to hear it, but they know deep down they're not right with God, that their sin is separated. And Herod heard this and he went, maybe there is hope. You see, he's living in this rich area. He has everything he wants and yet he's empty. And John the Baptist is saying some things. He's trying to get her across that divorce thing. You don't want to hear that. But the other things he's hearing are interesting to him. But he has a wife over here who says, kill him, kill him. They lay down at night, kill him, kill him. Now what's he going to do? Well, you see what he does. He compromises his conscience. He cares more what his wife says than doing the right thing. So it doesn't kill John. Here's how he rationalizes it. I won't kill him. I just put him in prison. Should John have been imprisoned? No right to do that. But he puts him in prison, and we know that he is in prison for about a year. Now, John the Baptist, when he talked to Herod, I believe he was sharing God's word and the truth about Jesus Christ. So what we have is a compromised conscience, because here's what happened. John would sit in with maybe the Old Testament or just the principles he had, and he would say to Herod, Look at this. And Jesus Christ is coming. And he's the answer. And he's the one that's going to change the world. And he is really going to be the king. And Herod went, wow, that's good. Let me hear it again. He, he wanted to hear it again and again and again. Now, we know he did this because John the Baptist always came back and said, you're wrong. You're wrong. He kept bringing it back to the area that needed to be corrected, even though he gave him the rest. Now, what do we have here? We have a hearer of the word, but not a doer of the word. And our churches are filled with it. You see, John the Baptist spoke the word. Herod listened to it. He liked it, but nothing changed in his life. And some of you are exactly like that today. You come, you hear the word of God, but you live like you always wanted to live. And the danger of that is you're compromising. And a compromised conscience that runs its course always ends in a hardened conscience. And this is what Herodias has. And some of you are here, and you might be upset at what I just said. You may not even be paying attention, but the Holy Spirit's speaking to your heart. You could be laughing, you can be joking, you could be somber, but you know it's the truth. You see, you don't fool God ever. I may not catch you. Your parents may not catch you. Your husband or wife may not catch you, but God knows. And see, He loves you, and that's why he says, stop, answer the phone. But we ignore the phone because we're compromising. And eventually it leads to Herodias with a hardened conscience. You see, eventually you can destroy your own conscience by refusing to pick up the phone. Now, look at verse 21. Finally, the opportune time came and on... His birthday, Herod gave a banquet for high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. And when the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. And the king said to the girl, 
Ask me for anything you want, and I'll give it to you. What we have here is a modern-day stag party. It was common in those days for the kings to do this. He would invite men only, no ladies. They'd have a great party. They'd start drinking. As the party went on, as men do that aren't Christians, they demand some sensual attraction. How interesting that Herodias sends her 12 to 14-year-old daughter, that would be her age, Salome, alone in to dance. She does a provocative, sensuous dance before her stepfather and other drunken men. What type of mother would send her 12-year-old to do a provocative dance before drunken men? A mother with a hardened conscience. You see, she didn't care about anything but one thing. She was going to get John the Baptist. And she sacrificed her 12-year-old daughter. Verse 23, and he promised her with an oath, whatever you ask, I'll give you up to half my kingdom. That just meant he couldn't give a kingdom. He didn't have the right to do it. That meant I'll give you generously whatever you ask for. The 12-year-old went out and said to her mom, well, what should I ask for? The response, the head of John the Baptist. How long do you think Herodias had to think about that? Why did she have the answer there? Let me tell you why. And listen, when the word of God first came forth to Herodias, she was guilty. Then she held a grudge. And the grudge over time turned to bitterness. And now it was going to turn in to death. You see, that's what happens to a conscience. When you continue to refuse answering God's phone, and you say no. Because see, a hardened conscience says this, I don't want to hear God's input in my life. Now that's a very dangerous place to be. When you want nothing to do with the creator of the universe, you're headed down a road that will end in a hardened conscience. So this disastrous results affects not only Herodias. What do you think the 12-year-old daughter is thinking? What is she learning from her mother? What is being put into her conscience? Here's what's being put in. Whatever you want at the end, it doesn't matter how you get there, as long as you get what you want. Then we see these kids later and wonder, how come they're turning out like that? Parents, careful, because we possibly have done that. Verse 26, the king was greatly distressed because of the oaths and the dinner guests. He did not want to refuse her. Now the king had an opportunity. He made a stupid, rash, drunken oath. He could have refused it, but like many others, here's what he did. He cared more about what people thought than what God thought. That's a compromised conscience. You say, well, that's a very bad thing to do. Students, when you cheat on your exams to get a good grade, you care about your grades more than God. Business owners, the bottom line, is that all that's important to you? Or is honesty important? Employees, what will you do to get to the top? Singles, are you going to bed with other singles to get that husband and wife, to get that relationship, to enjoy that love? Will you compromise your purity? Do you know how many husbands and wives come in for counseling and they've already justified the divorce? Not godly, it's not even biblical, but they found a way they think. Why? Because they care more what they think than what God thinks. 
So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went and beheaded John in the prison and brought his head back on a platter. He presented it to the girl and she gave it to him. Can you see a 12 year old with a head of a man? On hearing this, John's disciples came and took the body back and laid it in the tomb. You see, Mark put this in there by saying this. The disciples are excited about serving Jesus Christ. And Mark's trying to say, if you're going to serve Jesus Christ, you see some people today say, if you're going to serve Jesus Christ, it won't cost you anything. Don't ever listen to that. If you serve Jesus Christ, it will cost you. The disciples find that out later. It cost John the Baptist his head. But let me say this. Maintaining a clear conscience, standing up for the truth, doing the God thing will cost you. But it will always cost you more to compromise your conscience. You see, it looks to us like the game's over, doesn't it? Satan is won. John the Baptist is silenced. King Herod is ruling. But look at verse 30. And the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. He brings us back and he says this. When it looks like it's dark, bad things happen to good people. And they did to John the Baptist. When it looks like it's over, he brings us back and he says this. Satan says, kill John the Baptist. Stop the message of the gospel. Boom, he's beheaded. Satan goes, good. One down. Here's 12 more coming up. They just got back from sharing the good news. The world goes on. And let me tell you, here's it. When you think all is lost, what Mark's trying to say to us is this. God's kingdom will know no end. We're on the winning team. We are on the winning team. In the end, we win. Is it tough between now and then? Yes. As a Christian, since you know we win, why have restless nights? Why toss and turn because you're ignoring God's speaking to you about a situation? Maybe as I spoke this morning, flashback. And you've been miserable ever since I spoke. Well, in a way, let me say this to you. Good. Because I had to deal with it all week myself. <laughs> Let's go to heaven on a soft pillow every night. When we lay down, the best we know, we've done right. The rest I leave with God. Ladies, you can wear pants. Hallelujah. Guys, you can put earrings in. Doesn't matter. But if I have ought against my brother, or if I've blown it, lost my cool, or I've sinned at work and I need to apologize, then do it. Lay down tonight and go, man, this is great. I might lose my head tomorrow, but I'm going to heaven. Isn't it interesting that John the Baptist had no head to lay down? But you know he is more comfortable than King Herod who laid it down on a pillow because John the Baptist already had a new head in glory. His over. Now let me speak to this in a moment. See, this has been a picture of the kingdoms at battle. There's two kingdoms at battle. God's kingdom with John the Baptist, Satan's kingdom with Herod and Herodias. You see who won the inning, but God will win the game. We've been discussing our conscience in today's lesson. As believers, we know that it's the Spirit and the confirmation through the Scriptures that speaks to us. It's the Word of God written on our hearts that tells us what's right and true. And it's His grace, 
that enables us to obey His voice. But when we reject His voice, when we ignore His word, then we're stepping into dangerous territory. We're saying that our way is better than God's. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we'll be reminded that the work we do for our Heavenly Father must be done in His strength. According to His calling, The reason for that is so that we will not become worn out and burdened in the ministry. You see, when we try to accomplish the work of God in our own strength, we'll struggle, we'll toil, and eventually burn out. However, when we rely on God and His strength, we'll have all the power we need to complete the task. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.